Good evening, Pastor Casares. Sunday evening, and I'm coming to you something that I've always dreamed of. I've always thought of. I always thought of the wonderful place it would be, and that is um, when Jesus said. In my father's house, so many mansions. There are many mansions. Man, what I what I used to think about all that. It was so beautiful. But now, I have matured. I no longer listen to fairy tales. It's it's, it's a good thing to know. You know, but uh, I am in my father's house. I am my father's house. I am a mansion of my father's house. Isn't it wonderful? Instead of me going somewhere to be in a mansion, I came to realize because I have matured, I no longer need the milk. But I have much of the meat of the word to that I am the mansion of God. Is Jesus or was Jesus or is Jesus building a house in heaven? That is a topic for this evening. If you have ears to hear, you will hear what the Spirit is saying. And then you have eyes to see you will see it in you and those around you so I'm sorry to tell you but no despite the myriad of gospel songs about a mansion over the hilltop or the mansion in glory Jesus never said he was building one John 14 2 to verse 4 it says in my father's house or many mansions, if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Wow. So what is this about? Essentially, Jesus, according to John, said in my father's household or the dwelling or slash family, it encompasses everyone and demonstrates the place that all dwell. The father's house is a common phrase in Hebrew thought. Uh, it's a Hebrew thought that means the family. The house of David didn't mean a brick or mortar building. It meant the dynasty of family. So Jesus said, in my father's family. Next, he's talking about how wide this family is, so much so that it encompasses all creation. In my father's family are many. The word many is polis. 4183 in a concordance, which is a high in number, a multi multitude, plenteous, much, great in amount to an extent, 
Police also has the number of 41. Well, it's the same one. 4183 matching number emphasizes the quantity involved. It signifies many, numerous. With the article, it is said of a multitude as being numerous, a great in amount. He is speaking of the fact that the father's household, family, is large and spacious, so everyone is included. Paul notes this in Ephesians 3 verse 14 saying, I bow my knee to the Father from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named or is identified. There is one human family all whose origin is the Father according to Paul. Or as Paul says in Ephesians verse 6, one God and Father of all who is above all, through all, and in all. In my father's house are many mansions. The word for mansions in Greek just means a place to dwell, hang out, be, or abide. 3438 is the number of the concordance, which is monet, to remain, abide, an abiding dwelling place, not transitory. As an individual dwelling is only used twice in the New Testament, both times by Christ. In God's vast, all-inclusive family, there are many abiding places to hang out, to learn, to grow, to know. You can know what divinity is like in a million places. I don't know if you've ever seen that meme where the guy is fishing. There's a, he's standing on the boat fishing. And the meme goes, this is church. Whoa, that's amazing. So powerful, but you need to see that picture. You need to look it up. It is a man standing on the boat fishing. And I think it says, now this is church. Something like that. So... So, in my fam, my father's family includes a multitude of shapes, sizes, types, colors, belief systems, etc. Or as Paul said, the whole of creation is a family of God. Paul said too that the love of God is beyond knowledge and pray they would know how deep and high and wide and long it was. It is deep so that no matter how deep a person went into even the grave or show, Father God was there. Why to include all? High even to the highest mountains. As long as far as eternity, this is Jesus' point. Now, does the Bible teach that everyone would know God? First, let's look at a very misunderstood passage Jesus is with his disciples in the upper room teaching them before he's betrayed and goes to the cross. He says to Philip, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Pay attention to please pay attention please to the fact that Jesus never mentions heaven anywhere in John 14. This is not really about going to heaven when you die. And even more so 
Did you notice that Jesus did not say he was the way to heaven? Always look at the context. Jesus claimed he was a way to know the Father. The truth about the Father, what was like compared to the law. And Jesus demonstrated what life was like if one knew the Father. He is not saying believe in Jesus and you can go to heaven and when you die anywhere in this passage. According to John, Jesus said, No one comes to know by experience what the Father is like except by the way I do it and show it, which is love, by my deeds, etc., etc. Now watch this. The divine is all around us. This is powerful. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and have been and have seen him. He who has seen me has seen the Father. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me. Or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Follow the line of thought. Philip, when you know what I'm like or when you see the things I do and how I treat people, how I love self-sacrificially, how I give, how I speak the truth, you are seeing the Father. Now, Philip, from now on, you do know him and you have seen him because you see the works themselves. The works themselves, do you know the implications of this? The world sees and experiences love, patience, act of kindness, grace, self-control, healing, mercy, and even miracles. The problem is like Philip, they don't realize that, it's, that it is Father God and what it is like. They know him, but don't know that they know him. Remember the word know in the Bible? It's not like we use it in the Western English. We think no means I have an intellectual understanding of God, but in the Greek it means to know by experience. So in my opinion, everyone knows by experience what God is like. From now on, Jesus said, this is how you will know what God is like. He is the God and Father of all who is above all, through all, and in all, which is Ephesians 4, 4 verse 6. Like Philip, everyone knows or has had experiences with the divine, but they don't recognize it or realize it. Let me read that again. Like Philip, everyone knows or has had experiences with the divine, but they don't recognize it or realize it. As I have been saying, you need to know by experience and realize that you are in Christ, which is the full deity of God in you, which is the full Father living in you, through Christ if you believe but if you don't you're still in unbelief and that's why you keep doing the same rituals year after year after year and you have the same leader teaching you for 30 20 30 40 50 60 years the same milk of the word instead of the meat and that's why 
many of you have not discerned the Lord's body. And that's why it says that you eat and drink and die needlessly. What they see outside of them is also what is within them. Okay, I lost. Uh, it's also within them. Even the author here saw the foreshadowing of this for their day. Hebrews 8 verse 11 says, None of them shall teach his neighbor and on his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know the shall know me, from the least to them, from the least of them to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins, and their lawless deeds, and I will remember no more. Jesus' lesson is that just like you can know the Father by seeing the good in me, you can also know the divine by seeing the good anywhere. In anyone that where I am you may be also finally this passage in John has been so abused that we read things into it that aren't there I'm not saying a heaven doesn't exist I am revealing to you how Jesus isn't a building isn't a building you a four-story house by the beach and John 14 isn't about believe in Jesus so you can go to heaven when you die in fact, the word saved isn't used in these passages either. Again, the word heaven isn't used, but some may ask about this portion. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. How so? From Jesus' perspective, the point of his death was still to reveal the Father. Father God didn't punish him there. There are no scriptures to that effect. Jesus said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. He believed part of his purpose was to reveal what God is like. To Jesus, to die on the cross, forgiving enemies, was a way for others to know Father God. So I go to prepare a place for you to see what Father God is like, that where I am in knowing the Father is where you can be too. By trusting that revelation, I can come and take you with me into the knowledge of Father God. There is way more to that, and I don't want to get off track. Needless to say, the entirety of this passage isn't about going to heaven when you die. It is Jesus teaching that they were to know what God is like by his life and his death. If that disappoints, then just wait till we explore what heaven is like from the testimony of the Bible and other sources. Really fascinating stuff. So stay tuned. I'm not coming to you with religious rituals. I'm coming to you with meat of the word. If you cannot eat or chew the cud, don't listen. But if you listen, let your spirit reveal to you what is being said. Let the spirit, the life-giving spirit within you, which is the Christ spirit, which is Father God. The Holy Spirit, the Christ spirit, the life-giving spirit, 
All it is is Father God in you. That's all it is. And Father God is the fullness of who He is in you. And that's why heaven on earth can be experienced. Because Father God is in you. In you and Him. You two make one. That's why Father God is your health. That's why Father God is your healing. That's why Father God is everything you ever needed on this earth. Nothing can replace Father God. Today I was listening to a pastor. Uh, his name I think is. Uh, well I ain't going to mention his name. But he was saying about. You got to. Give your tithes and offerings. In order for God to. Give you momentum in the economy of Father God. But Christ in me is what gives me the momentum in the economy of God because Christ is God. Christ is Father God in me. And that is the fullness of what I need. I don't need nothing else. I could make bad choices, wrong decisions. I could take wrong decisions. I could take a wrong action or whatever. And yes, and there are consequences for those things. That's why if you're led by the Spirit and you know who you are and you realize who you are, you understand, you ascertain of the truth of Christ in you, then those decisions, those choices, and those actions will not be the same and there won't be no consequences. Because you took the correct action. You, you made the right decision. You made the right choice. Be blessed. And I'm coming to you with a sad heart. Because I heard many things what they were saying. And this is a man that is respected everywhere. It's just a what they say they say to keep the people enslaved to their doctrine to their church to their ways it's sad it's sad really really sad <laughs> I'm sorry it hurts me and I'm sure it hurts God and I'm sure God is just shaking his head. I mean, don't get me wrong. We're all anointed. Our anointing is not higher than the other or your brother's higher than the other. Your pastor doesn't have more anointing than you do. We're all the same because it is Christ, the body. Christ, the head. We will never be Christ, the head. And Christ, the head, is the one that I could say. He's more anointed. But we're all from the body. The only thing different is that you can be a finger. You can be an arm. You can be a hand. You can be a stomach. You can be a torso. You can be a leg. You can be a femur. You can be a toe. Even the little members are honored. And these people don't see that. 
these leaders, some, some of these leaders don't see that. That even the little toe, the weakest part of the body is the one that's supposed to be honored even more than the hand, than the arm. We're all one body. Christ is ahead. Jesus is ahead. And we are his body. And you could say, well, what about the ones that are so vile and, and ugly? And well, I'll tell you what, if you can't see Christ in them, I'm sorry. They might be doing things contrary to the word of God. But who has told him who they are? Who has told him their true identity in Christ? Who has told them? I haven't. Sometimes I have. Some of them understand and some of them, they're just so stuck and, well, you know, I know I'm going to hell. You know, there's no... There's no change in me. I'm going to go to hell. And I tell them, no, you're not. You might be doing the wrong choices. You might be doing, you know, the wrong decisions. You might be taking the wrong actions or whatever, you know. And, uh, yeah, there are consequences for what you do. There are consequences for all, all of it. But how you know you're going to go to hell? You need to know who you are. Once you understand who you are in Christ, believe me, you're awakened. You will awaken to righteousness in everything you do from here on. So you're all going to be righteous. I could have, I could have a 5, 10, 15, 20,000 church member. Or a church of 50,000 members, 60,000 members, 100,000 members. But what good is it to have 50,000 members and telling them every Sunday, every service, that they are sinners and they need to repent? You know what repent is? Repent. It's just... turning and realizing who you are repent means to let go of the wrong choices the wrong decisions and the wrong actions of your life when you awaken to the righteousness of Christ in you you will stop doing all those things you will. I'm telling you. Because I can testify on myself. That once I knew who I was in Christ. Those bad things. They don't come. And they, they show up in my life. He always shows a way out. He always leads us the correct way. To make the right choices. The right decisions. And get me wrong, I'm tempted. But do I have to fall into that temptation? No. I don't. Because I know who I am in Christ. And once you know who you are in Christ, 
Believe me. Believe me, I say testimony on myself. You won't do those things. Because the fullness of Father God in you, through Christ, you have a life-giving spirit in you. That life-giving spirit is what is what feeds you, feeds your mind, feeds your heart, feeds your body. The power that you need to go forward in making the right choices, the right decisions, and acting on them the correct way. Father God in you is a life-giving spirit. If you need healing tonight, close your eyes and just say, Father God, thank you for you are my health to my body, to my mind, to my heart, to all the vital organs of my body. Thank you, Father, for being my health because you are in me and I in you and we are one. The fullness of your deity is in me and that glorious body, your glorious body, will change my vile body. Isn't it wonderful to know who you are? You no longer need to ask God for anything. Oh, Father, I need healing here. No, you just thank Him because He is your health. He is your fullness in you. Oh, He is the fullness in you of Father God through Christ. A life-giving spirit in you, in your life. In your mind. Paul said we have the mind of Christ. That mind of Christ. Doesn't mean that you have the mind of Christ. And that you have your own mind. No. Remember Paul also said. A double minded man is stable. So be careful what you listen. Be careful what you let. The kind of words that go into your ears. Be careful about religious teachings. I'm telling you right now, if they're not teaching you that they that you are complete in Christ, that you are the fullness of God, okay? If they're not teaching you that you are the fullness or the Father Father God is the fullness of you, of Him in you, be careful. Because the word says, the letter killeth. But the Spirit gives life. Stop listening to the letter of the Word. And listen to the Spirit of the Word. And that is your life-giving Spirit in you. The Holy Spirit. The Christ. Father God in you. Be blessed. And happy Sunday. Early evening.